0: The tone, leave your name and message. I'll get back to you.
1: Jim, it's Shirley at the cleaners. You know that brown jacket, the one I said looks so great on you. Your favorite. We lost it. Hello, and welcome to two hundred dollars a day plus expenses. A rodcast. A, a, rod a, rod a rock for a broadcast. That's it's, that's it's a... a new. That's a
2: podcast with with Rod yeah, Gilbert. That, That's probably his new yeah, show.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, a podcast, a Rockford Files podcast. My name's Steve. His name is Dave. It is. Um, and so yeah, so we're here talking about Rockford. Yeah. Um, however, 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 there is a third person. Mm. We have a guest. We do. Our I did second his- guest. That's right. Of the podcast.
2: And it's Canadian National Day of Podcasting, December 1st. It's a thing that yep. I don't know got started before.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, it's Sindop, <laughs> so, which yeah. which you also know as a, a Hanson Hansen single. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Or 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 a you know uh Cindy Lopper. Send- yes. Anyway, yes. Yes, our friend Anthony Marco, podcaster extraordinaire, and good friend of ours, and also another guy we know is here. I feel How obligated you-
0: to say, hey, hey.
2: Yeah. Hey, hey folks.
0: Allah Krusty the Clown. Yeah. It's either Krusty the Clown or Mark Marin. Or Mark I'm
2: Marin. Sure. I'm not sure. It was kind of a combination, right? Yes. Uh so it's great to have Anth here. Anth, you're a big fan of sort of 70s ephemera in general and TV shows. And we've told you and I have talked not at about all. Rockered- no, yeah, not, not at, at all. all. Yeah. You've you've completely <laughs> faked that for the last 12 years that I've known you. Um
1: well, every, every uh, six months, anyway. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, every six months we record something, Anthony and I. And one of the things we do is a uh, podcast about uh, retro TV. And we talked with the Rockford Files years ago, uh, Anthony and Bob. Uh, and um, then Steve and I started doing this thing. So let's have Anthony on. That's how it yeah, goes. Exactly. Yeah. So it's great to, be, yeah. great to have you here, buddy.
3: Thank
0: you. I yeah. uh, appreciate being a special guest. Uh, yeah. I'll be uh, I'll be the special guest expert. So if you want to say something and have me confirm it, I'll just say yes. Okay. Sounds okay, good. good. Sounds yeah. good. good. That, that's, that's what
2: we're liking, I guess. <laughs> exactly. we like in a guest. Exactly. It just confirms everything we think. Yes. That's I, I I that's that's why I go to yes. conferences. Yeah.
1: That is correct. Just, just say you are right, Dave, and, you, and and he'll 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 love you. Yeah. That's but you good. already know that. I did. Um, so today we're talking about Easy Red Dog, mm-hmm. which aired now uh, October thirty first. It's Halloween episode. Nineteen seventy five, season two, episode seven. Yep. So, yeah, so um, that's, that's that's the episode that, that we're going to talk about. Yep. Um, and I, obviously, I'm running um, this episode, as you can tell, because I'm talking here. Um, so that means that I must say, but first... Hi, everyone. John Brobeck here, and here's Steve Spotlight. So today on My Spotlight um i i hate to call hesitate to call it steve spotlight because it's weird talking That's, you talk to you yourself in
2: the third person i, <laughs> yeah. I the, the show yeah. ends i hang up yeah, exactly and and exactly. i shut down the website
0: yeah
1: sorry is this steve yeah. spotlight yes <laughs> this is steve spotlight yes it is it's great to hear
0: <laughs> yeah i'm glad
1: thanks for bringing this to us steve no problem so i love uh, steve
0: spotlight it's my favorite part of the show <laughs> good <laughs>
1: Yeah, because uh, he's been watching listening since the beginning of the show. Sure he has Um, been. I mean, and what I mean by that is that this episode.
2: <laughs> yes, he's been listening since I hope he's been <laughs> He's got headphones on, so I think he has been.
1: Um uh, uh, so, so, yeah. what? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah? Hmm? Huh? Hey. Uh. Um, so let's talk a little bit about one of the guest stars. Let's talk about Bruce Kirby. Like it. Right? Um, who's now let me see if I can if I can pronounce this correctly, which I probably can't. Um Anthony might be able to because I think it's a, an Italian name. Bruno Quatellasillo? Wow. Oh, I don't good, have it uh, open in
0: front of me, but I, I will open it up as we're talking. Yeah, that's for
1: sure. Q U I D A C I O L U. Bruno Giovanni. I
2: don't know. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know.
1: I apologize for anybody with that last name for butchering it, um, but that's that's his birth name. Um, uh, obviously, he goes by Bruno Kirby, and again, he's one of these guys that we we see all throughout the seventies and the eighties. One of those sort of classic, mm-hmm. classic character actors, you know. Again. Perhaps a little bit unusual in, in the fact that we know his name, because like, like I think the classic '70s '70s uh, character actor is a guy whose face you know, or, or or somebody's face you know, and you go, "Oh, I know that person."
3: Yeah, but I don't exactly. know who.
1: I don't know the name. I know don't know the name, but I know the face. Right. Yep. Um. So he, but we know his name, uh, Bruce Kirby. Now he's obviously he's been in a lot of things. Uh, he he was uh, Sergeant Kramer in six six episodes of Columbo.
2: Ah, of course, there's a, uh, always a Colombo connection. A Sorry, Columbo. just I have now I have to go change the website to mention that there's a Colombo connection. Continue.
1: Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, and also here, although they don't, don't share a scene, he and his son are both in the same Colombo episode by Dawn's Early Light because his son was Bruno Kirby. Although, um, in by Dawn's Early Night, Night Light, I think he's just uh. Um, as it goes as B Kirby just 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 casual. Oh, okay. but Bruno Kirby obviously from you know a, a lot of things he was in mash um he he was in uh, when Harry met Sally you know uh, um and so Bruno Kirby is Bruce uh, Kirby's son uh And you know he, as I said, I mean Bruce Kirby's been in a lot of things Bar- as we said Barney Miller he he was also in Dave's favorite TV show. Punky Brewster. Punky Brewster. Uh, <laughs> I knew that uh, was, was coming. MASH, Alice, Remington Steel, Night Court, Hill Street mm-hmm. Blues, yeah. Lou Grant, who is, actually is one of Dave's favorite shows. Oh, that, that literally um, is one of my
2: favorite shows. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for that yeah. one now. Yeah.
1: The Golden Girls, Murphy Brown, Murder, She Wrote. Although I think we were in Murder, She Wrote as well. I think everybody's yeah. been in Murder, I directed three
2: episodes of that. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. You know, um, And he was in Catch-22. Yeah. Uh, Stand true. by me, right? Those those, those films and, and classic a, movies, yeah. And and a classic movie from 1971 with Don Knotts called How to Frame a Fig.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: Um And a 1972 comedy, another nice mess with Rich Little.
2: Wow, there's a movie I don't want to see.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But uh, you always, Little,
1: but I, did Rich Little
0: impersonate Nixon during the uh, during the film?
2: Well, at least at least in 1972, it would have it would have been you know. Reasonable, because he'll <laughs> still he'll he still does it, you know. I, I think he's now worked at work to Bill Clinton into his act.
0: Uh Yeah, or my, he has my, to stop my... the Kissinger, I
1: guess.
2: I... <laughs> I guess he has to stop. My I'm...
1: only, my only, the only rich little joke that I liked oh, was he was doing it, he was he was impersonating Johnny Carson, and so he's he's doing all these jokes and nobody was laughing. Right, it was ju- it was just bombing. And at the point, he at one po- halfway through, he kind of paused and he said, "You know, if the jokes were funny." it wouldn't have been a good impersonation.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a fair point.
1: Which which I thought was actually. No, that's good. That's good. That's good.
2: So yeah, so let's. Bruce Kirby, big, you know, he's like you said, he's been in everything, uh, including the West wing, the Sopranos. Um, Yeah. What a guy, uh, what an actor. Uh, And of course his son, Bruno, who was in Spinal Tap. And that's, there's always at some point a connection to Spinal Tap as well.
1: But yeah, great, uh, great, uh, good choice, Steve. Bruce, Bruce Kirby was 95 when he passed away. That's old. In 2021. Wow. I didn't know.
2: He yeah. assumed he would have died in 1991. I know. Nope. Which of nope. course is stupid because if he was in the Sopranos, but anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well. yeah. Um. so that's Bruce Kirby. So let's talk about the episode. Oh, okay. and, and as always, um, or oh, actually no, let's for, before we say that, before we yep. do that, Dave. Yes.
2: What's going on in the world? What happened? Would you like to know?
1: Halloween, 1975.
2: Uh, I was dressed up as a, I don't know what, but I I couldn't see very well, but that's more of a a property of me than Halloween. Um, Number one songs. Canada is Black Superman by Johnny Wakeland. Remember that song? Muhammad Ali floats like a butterfly. Reggae sort of, and the guy was very white man. But um, anyway, that's not a bad song. In the States, it's Bad Blood by Neil Sedaka. Yeah. Uh not the, the UK, Taylor
0: Swift bad blood by the no, way. You no. Know, no, which That's I that's would, for all of our listeners under 40.
2: <laughs> yeah. Also, I'd prefer that over this Neil Sedaka song. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the in the UK it's I only have eyes for you by Art Garfunkel. I guess they couldn't uh-huh. uh find anything by think of somebody else who's the second banana in uh a, tr- a duo. Uh Australia for some reason. Yeah, there you go. Uh, for some reason Australia the number one song is still close to you by the Carpenters, which was released five years previously. So I don't, it takes a long they, time for music they really to get
1: like close to you. They really just, like the Carpenters. Yeah, I guess so.
2: Or they, oh, I just, I just edited out a bad joke. Um my head. <laughs> so, okay. So what else is going on in the world? Uh, Three days of the Condor is the number one movie out there, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good movie. Yeah, yeah. not a bad movie. Yeah, Uh, I in the news there wasn't much. I went back a little bit, but I found October twenty fifth, so just a little under a week before, uh, there was a a football match, soccer game, if you want to call it that. If you're from over here, West Ham versus Man United in the uh, what we would now call the Premier League. Back then, the First Division. Anyway, the point is that there was a bit of a riot uh, Mm -hmm. because it was a UK. football match in the 1970s a riot
1: yeah. at a soccer game in yeah. england in the what 70s wow, how, unusual. how unusual yeah at, so at some not...
0: point a cheer went up for hooliganism and they just <laughs> yeah. decided to go with it yeah yeah i think that's what it is
2: yeah. so you know uh i'll play a little uh I, I got a live report um well it's from the game actually that i found out some audio so i'll throw that in at the end okay. so there that's that's what's going on uh this week uh it's getting we're getting close to 1976 where things are more interesting i think we get Stuff coming up. But anyway, here we go. Let's hear about, we'll, we'll hear about West Ham at the end.
1: Right. All so that's right. what's going on. So let's, let's, let's talk, um, answering machines. Indeed. Um, and some of you who have watched this, um, may recognize the voice mm-hmm. because it's Pat Finley's voice yep. and Pat Finley plays Dennis's wife on the show. Yeah. Um, and so it just says, Jim, it's Shirley at the cleaners. You know, that brown jacket, the one that looks so great on you, your favorite we lost
2: it so just
1: just another day in the life, in the life of, of jim, rockford. jim rockford the
0: the quick the quick
1: establishment
0: of him as a schlub of some sort yes
2: yeah exactly. and it, it's about about half the episodes are like that uh when with with the phone i find there half of them are like here's a little slice of life jim rockford is Things are not going great in Rockford land, generally. Yeah. Here's the
1: Charlie yeah. Brown side of Jim Rockford. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's yeah. right. It's very good. Yes, yeah. well put. There's well, put. the Charlie
1: Brown side, and then there's the angry side. <laughs> the other nice. ones are like just people who are angry at him for some reason.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's right.
1: <laughs> for things that he might not have done, but yeah, very they're just often. angry at him.
2: Yeah, well, because yeah. he never pays his bills. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. So, um, um, I guess before we start, since we have a guest, we should probably ask Anthe. Um, So, did you watch Rockford when it first came out, or did you watch it later?
0: I mean, I during its initial run, I was old enough to watch some of the episodes, and I did. I was never uh, – I was probably – I was too young to be what what was probably considered a a fan at the time, although of the shows I watched, I certainly remembered and liked. And again, I watched it in syndication many years later, and again, it wasn't one of those things where I saw every single episode. But I can tell you, having watched the episode that we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. um, the one thing I noticed up front is – I seem to remember in my head that when I was younger, that most of the episodes, um, Rockford is a little bit, I, I remembered him as a little bit more kind of bumbling and stumbling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always the prototype of him getting beaten up in a fight and all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> yes, um, the- but but I always rem- remembered him as a little bit more bumbling and stumbling, but not so much in this episode. And I'm wondering if it's if it's because he's got the Stephanie Powers foil that he has to kind of be the professional against. Um, cause I don't see it as much in this episode.
2: He's a lot less. I remembered it that way too, before we started doing this, um, the show and, uh, you know, he's a lot, it's the show. That's a lot less of a theme, a theme than it, than it turns out that I remember, I remember that, but it's a lot less of that. There certainly is that. But, um, one of the things you find out pretty, very often is that he's extremely good at this. Like he, even yeah. though he screws up sometimes, he's actually really good at being a private detective. Um, even though, you know, he gets beaten up and never gets paid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and we also noticed a difference in this episode because the theme is a little bit different
2: yeah i i found that that guitar lick in the middle um was i think it's a little longer because i think the episode's a touch short so they they did yeah. that a few times uh new heart yeah. was a classic with that they there was a there was a there was a version of the new heart theme that was 30 seconds longer than the yeah. original yeah. version so same kind of thing here yep yeah.
0: <laughs> No, i do I, I i want to mention here i've been waiting Please. to mention this ever since you started this podcast that yes i, remember, <laughs> I guess, even though even though uh I haven't watched a lot of, I have watched a lot of episodes especially recently sure um uh, in doing the the retro television podcasting that we do we and I listen to the theme over and over and over it's, it's a fantastic great. theme right we can't not talk about the theme no. but I remember at one point uh you know listening to Sirius XM radio which I have in the car mm-hmm. and the song out of space by Billy Preston came on and I really and when you get to like the two to two and a half minute mark, to me, it really was like the five year progenitor of the Rockford Files, where Mike Post kind of did instrumentation with like the guitar and stuff like that. If you get a chance to listen to Out of Space by Billy yep. Preston right around the two and a half minute mark with synthesizers, it really has a Rockford vibe to it. it well, maybe, really, I'll,
2: really maybe I'll throw that on at the end too. I have yeah, that. I'll throw it on, throw, throw yeah. on after hearing about football, who, who look at this in the UK. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll it's do a bad. good ease out of that. Just yeah, it's, it's, it'll,
2: it'll give you in a bit of a better mood. He was the fifth
0: Beatle after all. If it was a Liverpool game, it would be
1: even better. But <laughs> <It's, yeah.
2: laughs>
0: indeed. Well put. So it, it all comes full circle.
2: Yes. Yep.
1: Very good. Um, and so we begin with Jim watching football. Mm-hmm. Um, not the soccer version, nope. but American football. Presumably the NFL. I guess, yeah. And calling his bookie. Yep. Um, you know, and, and uh, he's he's checking out the odds with Sully. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently he's not happy with the odds, uh, because he, he says, uh, what are you running a book or a bucket shop?
2: I don't know what a bucket shot is, Steve. Explain it to me.
1: No, I did a little bit of research. Oh, okay. So um, you didn't just know and, this cause now I don't feel what, stupid. Good. What I mean is I typed in what is a bucket shop online and it came up with two possibilities. The second one I think is more obvious. Okay, okay uh, thank you. So in the 1870s, a bucket shop was a lowly saloon that sold beer and other cheap hooch mm-hmm. in buckets. Hmm. But oh. I think this per, this is perhaps more relating to what he's talking about. A bucket shop is a brokerage firm that engages in unethical business practices.
2: Okay. So okay.
1: historically, historically, the yeah. term was used to refer to firms that allowed their customers to gamble on stock prices. Oh, okay. Usually, using often using dangerously high levels of leverage.
2: Okay, so this is a buck bucket shop's the kind of thing that led to the two thousand eight financial crisis. It's, it's, it's Fannie Mae it and Freddie
0: Mac, basically. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. exactly.
2: Well, exactly. more yeah that or uh, Goldman Sachs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, neat. Okay, I've learned
1: something. Yeah. So, um, so did I because I had to look it up myself. Huh, uh, to... um, uh, and so, who should walk in? Yes. Wally's on the phone, but Jennifer Hart herself.
2: Stephanie <laughs>
0: <Powers>. <laughs> Monica Rich.
2: Monico Rich, that's right. Yes. Yeah, Stephanie Powers. Uh, that was I'm going to she was remarkably good looking. Right. Like, yes. like remarkably good looking. The kind, you know, kind of like remember what Steve when we were talking about Mad Men, and I would say, like, if January Jones walked down the street, I think the whole world would just go, Oh my God. Oh my God. How are people that good looking? And I think that I have that same reaction to when I saw Stephanie Powers, she it's like, oh yeah. dear God, she's good looking. Yeah,
1: she is. Yeah,
2: you stop everything.
1: Yes. Uh, and now, um, she says she's Jennifer Sandstrom. Yeah. No relation um, to Thomas Sandstrom. Nope. no. Nope. Um, but but apparently, relation to Alice Sandstrom, that's Who is dead? Name. Um, and there's a uh, a suicide note. Uh, And she wants to hire him to investigate Alice Sandstrom's death because she doesn't think that Alice Sandstrom is dead, and pretends to be Alice Sandstrom's sister, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we get the two hundred dollars a day plus expenses.
2: Twentieth time that we've heard it in a
0: series. Yep,
1: yep. We're counting uh,
2: it. We're counting how many times. We're we're counting.
1: That's completely
0: fair. Yeah, Yeah. it's the name of the show. I'm surprised you haven't got a website for it just on its own. Just well, Uh, it's
1: it's just that we're too lazy.
2: Look, we're not you. Okay.
1: Anyway. Yeah, it's like we're too lazy yeah. um I, and i don't know how to do that 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 shit
2: i um, may have it I figured deal, out by the end of this episode though
1: i deal with i deal with books <laughs> um, so um if it doesn't open in my lap i'm gonna leave it there uh okay,
2: yeah yeah just i uh, move on
1: <laughs> um and initially jim doesn't want to take the case because it seems already solved yeah, because because that's another another running theme uh, as as we've been seeing throughout this is Jim kind of when the cops say it's something, Jim kind of goes, yeah, it, it's probably that. It's they're they're probably right. They're probably right because yeah, well, he you knows know, they as, have as, more as,
2: they have more resources than he does. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and and they're smarter, right? Because you know, often in detective fiction and detective stories, as we've been talking about uh, mm-hmm. as as this comes up, um, the, the the cops are often portrayed as being stupid or incompetent. Right, uh Jim, well, not a fan of the cops, obviously, yeah. knows that they are competent enough to kind of deal with these kinds of things they, can,
2: they know a suicide when they see one, yeah.
1: yeah, exactly, so he figures that it is a suicide because that's what the cops say, yep, um you know, and so she she has some evidence, you know things left in the victim's apartment, love letters, jewelry, that kind of thing so so he decide he decides that he's going to take it take the case for a day. Right. Which is why we get the $200 a day plus expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. Um And so, yeah, that's, that's the opening scene. And so then he decides that he's going to, going to uh, take the case Indeed. just for a day. Again, I, th- I think this is another case of him just kind of saying, I need the money. I need 200 bucks. <laughs> so, and,
2: and, and, right, 200 and, bucks. and, 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 <laughs> and Stephanie powers is here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Stephanie Powers is here, and yeah. I'm just betting on football, and yeah. I need 200 bucks. Yeah, so what the hell? You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So, um, can, can
0: I just I, as I was watching through this, I was I don't know why I was spotting the weirdest things. It could have just been there's a, a lot that of that was them. on in my brain. Happens all the time. But how do I mean in Jim's flea bag trailer? Yeah, how does he have a showroom leather couch in there? <laughs> it's a that looks like it's Looks like it's barely used. Looks like it came right out of, like, you know, a gold, yeah. like, uh, sorry, I was going to say, I meant Saks Fifth Avenue. Goldman and Saks Fifth Avenue. Match yeah. that up together. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. If uh, it looks like it came right, like, it is brand spanking new yeah. and on point for the 70s. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But but like, it is not scuffed. It is not anything. And it's just like, let's just put this brand new, brand new leather sofa in his flea bag trailer.
2: Did And bigger question is where's the water and power hookup for the train? (laughs) You know, we've, we've, we've tried to figure that out. It's, I think the word is poetic license. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's a question. I, you know, how does he have that? And I mean, as, as you mentioned here, how does he, you know, um, uh, you know, well, he's got that. He's also got a, he's got a, New Trans Am or not Trans Am Firebird every week because it yeah. gets blown up constantly.
1: Yeah. His insurance, no, he, he, gets, he gets those fixed. Remember, he, does get them he gets them fixed. Those, he gets it fixed.
2: That's something. It's funny. That's another thing I didn't remember that you actually do see him bringing his car off into the yeah. to the to the uh, body shop, and the guy's like, "Oh yeah. God, not again!" And the body shop yeah. is owned by Mister Carlson from yeah. from uh, WKRP which is kind do of do they random.
0: ever Do yeah. they ever establish that he takes trade instead of money over the series? Because that could explain a lot. Like but, a, someone but, might have just given him a couch at one point.
2: <laughs> see, that's a good guess. I think maybe yeah. that's what happened. He's running sort of a, he's just avoiding the GST. Uh, yeah. He's yeah.
0: doing barter. He's got a barter yeah. system going on. Yeah. and That's okay. It,
2: it could be. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, it could be that. I mean, but yeah, the couch always, even as a kid, the couch bothered me. I remember thinking that mm-hmm. belongs in like a Senator's office. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know? So, you know, maybe in Tim Stutzler's office. Anyway.
1: <laughs> so, so uh, Jim has, has taken the case. And he drives off. Yep, and another trope, um, he's being followed
2: by goons, which,
1: yeah, hired goons, goons. hired goons, because you know, um, it's Jim Rockford, and he's normally followed by hired goons. It's just how it goes. Um, And so Jim decides he's going to call Dennis, um, and (laughs) and Dennis, Dennis is is particularly amusing here. We're calling (laughs) it a suicide because it was a suicide. See how neat that works?
2: I, sarcastic dennis i have a lot of use for sarcastic dennis he's great
1: yeah, sarcastic you know and 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 the the great thing about sarcastic dennis is when he does it he usually ends up being wrong
2: oh you uh, know he's wrong as soon as he opens his mouth yeah. but 90 percent of the time when dennis opens his mouth he's wrong in, early on in, in an episode yeah
1: yeah um and so jim arrives at the victim's house looks around a bit uh check out the pool guys there
2: <laughs> 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 nicely done so-
1: uh, the pool because I, I, I don't know about you two but I was immediately suspicious of the pool guy.
2: Um, yeah, oh, totally,
1: right? Yeah, like yep. you know, and and pro- probably it's just me being a little bit cynical. It's like, why would they have this pool guy come out and mumble something about well, needing at, parts as yeah. a pool
0: guy? Why do you walk out to your truck with a pool skimmer? Yeah,
2: like it's <laughs> an, an old song, isn't it? An old pool yeah. skimmer, yeah, you are. I
1: think it was a Woody <laughs> Guthrie, <laughs> Guthrie <laughs> tune, if I'm not mistaken. yeah <laughs> <laughs> if it was a good what do you got through tune? There'd be dirt in it. There's an old dirt in my old pool skinner. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so, yeah, so immediately I thought that this guy looked suspicious because, you know, probably for all the reasons you were talking, he didn't look like a pool guy. Um, you know, and again, why have this pool guy muttering something if, you know,
3: <laughs> it's he, a good question. He,
1: yeah. Um, he, you weren't going to use him. Right. So, um, uh, and I should also say that um, Lieutenant, it's Lieutenant Deal's case. So so one of the reasons why Dennis doesn't touch it is because it's Deal's case and he has nothing to do with it, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, yeah, Deal, you know, Deal, Deal and Jim do not get along.
1: No, exactly. Um, so uh, Jim pulls out the county assessor's card because as we've seen, yes, he, he does, likes yes. to impersonate people. <laughs> um, and, and, and again, you know, people always sort of ask sometimes how, how Jim can get a, get away with this, but it, it's like, if you act confidently enough, Oh yeah. You can get away with it. Right. You
2: can, you can walk into places you're not supposed to be as long as you just, yeah. you do exactly what he does. Now it depends. I don't think this works at like the CSIS building, but no. um, no. you can walk into places that say employees only and just act yeah. like you belong there. And no one says a word, or if they do, you say, yeah, I'm just here with us. Just keep walking. I've, yeah. I've, but drinks at weddings. I wasn't invited to that way.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, and we meet uh, Bryce, played again by another yeah. classic character actor who we've seen before. We've
3: seen
2: before on here. Yeah, uh,
1: yep. George Weiner. Yep. Um, and so, and and again, the way the way um, Jim does it is because what what happens is uh, is Weiner is, I guess, he's a his lawyer, sort of winding up the. Uh, estate yeah. of the dead woman that's right and but first there has to be an assessment done for tax purposes and Jim is pretending to be the the assessor who's coming in to to view things for for tax purposes and George Weiner's character Bryce is not allowed to do anything until that is done yeah and the interaction is that Bryce thought that it was done which uh, it was uh um, yeah, of um, because, it was <laughs> you know uh, Jim's being a con man here yeah. uh you know but then again, is that confidence? Cause Jim says, who told you that? Right. And so, so he tells him the guy's name, of course, that guy's incompetent. Right. You know, <laughs> Jay Valero, Valero, I think he says his name is that guy's, that guy's incompetent. Don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I love right? it. Right. You know? And so that kind of confidence and that seeming, yeah. seemingly like knowing people and giving them characteristics, yep. which of course Bryce wouldn't know. Um, allows him to sort of kick Bryce out so he can he can look around the house
2: the best part is when he says clear out and I'll forget that you were here illegally <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> it's, it's so great he's totally turning the tables on him and because as you said the confidence thing he can just do it and he's got you know experience at this and of course he also with his little mini printing press made himself a business card in in the Transam or in the firebird rather Yeah.
0: Of course. When I saw when I saw the name Jay Valero on the business card, I instantly searched it because I thought there's probably a 50-50 chance that they're a production assistant, you yeah. know, on the show had that name because they do that all the time on shows, but I couldn't find any I couldn't find anything. But I know even The Simpsons does it all the time, like where you know you see these strange names pop up and it's like somebody who yeah. works, you know. This show as a, as... this show does it
2: all the time. The number of times you hear like if you're in a hospital and, and you'll hear, you know, Dr. Rosenberg, Dr. Ro- and yeah. Mita Rosenberg is one of the executive yeah. producers. You hear stuff like that all the time. The only one I haven't heard is uh, a panel. I think maybe we heard it once in a baseball game, Steve, or something.
1: Yeah. In a baseball yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, panel and Rose- Rosenberg again, they were, they were part of the, the, the players in the, yeah. in the play by play,
2: turning a double play or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and all, he also gets keys to a safety deposit box or yep. what he, you know, um, what he thinks they're safety deposit box. Um, and so he snoops around a bit. I mean, Jim, Jim snoops around a bit. Yeah. There's a pool back. He goes to the pump house um, and he checks the filter uh, and it is full of hair. Yeah.
2: I, I, it's hard. To, I, I had to go back and forth on that a few times because at first I thought it was wires. Um, so that woman had yeah. some coarse hair.
1: Yeah, 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 it is very coarse hair. Yeah. Which but of again, course was I the
2: plane think... that Pappy Bowington flew the coarse hair? Yes, Thank you. I'll be here
1: all week. The coarse Thank hair. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twice yeah. on Saturdays. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, this is when Jim begins to think that maybe, yeah, it wasn't a suicide. Something's up. Because now I was a slightly confused. I, I guess it's just suspicions. Because I, because I would think that if you're in a pool, you know, your hair is going to come out. Yeah. yeah. Whether, you, whether whether you were whether you were murdered or not i think uh, the so, idea
2: is that the guy hasn't clean really cleaned the pool i think that's that's always be been that my too. that's my that guess be here because i mean i we had a pool when i was a kid and it wasn't like it was full of hair yeah. uh and it wasn't like my uh hair situation it was like it was like it is now when i was 17 uh so i mean i had a you know too much hair uh so yeah it's that's been my guess anyway i don't know
1: but it begins he begins to think that, it, that yep. it's not because the hair is there so you know and and again one of the things that that he does after that is he calls Dennis yeah. um to get deal and and he says maybe she was drowned in her own pool and pushed into the ocean
2: and then right. deal snaps as he does yeah. Tom Atkin plays I'm going from zero to a thousand in three seconds when I hear something yes. that I vaguely don't like better than almost any actor ever um yeah. it's I always thought he could kind of play my father in a movie because my dad had right. that skill. <laughs> and uh, it's really something to watch because like Deal hates Rockford. Like he viscerally hates him. And uh, yeah, he just
0: snaps. It's great. It's it's yeah. such a one note piece of direction. It's like whatever he says, be more yeah. pissed off at it. That's uh,
2: but, it. He, but he's great at it. That's yeah. the thing. It, it's fine that it's one note because there's no complexity to Lieutenant Deal. Lieutenant Deal is like this. I'm a police lieutenant. Also, if you've heard, I hate Jim Rockford.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: You the know? one the one comment that I picked up on which I had to check is right. he goes, you know, if if uh if you keep pushing me on this, I'll tell, you know, I'll take away your license and I'll you'll be working at the county laundry. And I'm thinking, does LA County really have laundry workers? <laughs> and sure enough, oh, I looked up and do. even till this day, <laughs> yeah, look at that. Um, there was a job posting for the County of Los Angeles laundry worker. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there you go
2: In the (laughs) the sheriff's department if you're looking to apply It's uh, number J6832N Uh, Looks like Oh, salary between thirty-one three and thirty-seven four uh, annually. So if you're looking was, for a job. That was a
0: couple that was a couple years ago. They might have had an increase since then.
2: <laughs> Perhaps. Uh I hear California, that I hear they're... that
0: there was there was some hard job action going on around the uh, the laundry <laughs> workers in, yeah, in they, LA they weren't,
2: County. They, they didn't use any whisk on, on Ring Around the Collar for like a week. And they, and, then, and that's when the management they, they completely folded at that point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Beautiful. So after the commercial break, mm-hmm. point out. Um, Jim goes to see Jennifer Sandstrom because he's going to um, talk to his client and yeah. tell his client what he finds out. However, we find out that the the real Jennifer Sandstrom yeah. uh, is an android. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, sorry, no, because she, she, it, it's Sherry Jackson who played well, Andrew well the played, Android. Well played, sir. Well A- played, Andrew the Android. Yeah. And what are little girls made of um, from the the original Star Trek? Um, that's the one. That's the one where we see uh, Captain Kirk holding a styrofoam dildo. Uh, if you remember that, it's it, it become a meme. So pe- yeah. people who haven't even seen Star Trek will probably remember that dildo of William Shatner yeah. as Captain Kirk standing with what looks like a styrofoam dildo.
2: Yep. Um, Beautiful.
1: Yep.
0: The, I mean, the other thing I when we when I saw it was Sherry Jackson. I did a a bit of a deep dive in into sure. just how long other stuff she'd been in because I definitely recognized her. And I, I didn't know that she'd been acting in films since 1949. Yeah. That's amazing. Eh? Like at age six, she was in film. So there's a, it there was a lifetime in oh,
2: television you, there. Look at some of those, some of the photos on IMDB of her as a, as a kid. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. I, I, I didn't know that that's yeah. That's a hell of a career. Yeah. Yeah. And going into geez up to the 1992. So yeah, she was on yeah. a lot of stuff. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. Um and she thinks that that um Jim is Johnny Dollar um and working for the yeah. insurance company. Yep. Um I just listened to a Johnny Dollar episode this morning that's why Johnny uh-huh. Dollar is in my brain. Very nice. Um and she says that they're not filing a claim yeah. because she believes it was suicide she said her her sister um had, had a long history of mental illness right. seeing psychiatrists and all that yeah. stuff and and was suicidal so you know she figures it was a suicide so they're not going to do anything yep um you know um so um we you know um so he leaves mm-hmm. um and we see the goons hired goons again or what we yeah. presume are the goons hired goons um, and they're following our hero because of course uh, Jim Rockford, it's uh, the Rockford files. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't give us what we expect here no because we're waiting for a car chase
2: no car chase I I it, I, I hate when Rockford does this when it when it teases me it's like Jim's ahead of the oh I want to watch a car tra- oh no car chase oh well maybe yeah. it'll be better at the end
1: yeah yeah um and so I uh, so but of course Jim knows that he's being followed cuz that's the other thing he always knows when he's being followed. Yes. Uh and so he goes into some kind of motel?
2: Yeah, I guess that's what that is. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um he thinks they're cops, the goons are cops. Yeah. Um and um not very good cops?
2: Yeah. In terms they're of trailing They're not cr- people? They're yeah, they're really bad at it. Yeah. Cuz I mean, he, go, he, he goes he yeah. goes
1: in he gets a room. And then he calls the front desk, saying that he's going to go have a nap, and to wake him up at seven o'clock. So they figure he's having a nap. So what do they do? They leave.
2: Well, they're cops. They're going to go off and racially profile some people. Exactly. But, uh, I mean,
1: you, know.
2: you know, it is strange that they. I mean, you you expect that they've been assigned a task. Yeah. And the task isn't well. If he goes to sleep, you can leave. I it just seems unlikely yeah, to me. I'm-
0: I I also wondered that there was a weird kind of sequencing of scenes that happened there there where, where they showed this, they, they kind of cut in this scene of him being in the room to make the call to the desk to set the wake up call when you could have easily done that when you checked in at the front desk. Now admittedly, you didn't have any sound um, because it was the the view of him at the front desk was from a distance and it was outside the window. That's right. But you could have easily cut to inside and said, you know, hey, uh, you know, can I get a wake up call for 7 a.m.? Done that all in one shot. Yeah, but yeah. I I I wonder myself if someone kind of said afterwards, how the hell are why why would they leave? Yeah. <laughs> and so someone said, let's make them get a call, a wake-up call. Okay, yeah, let's
2: do yeah, that. That'll, that'll work. That'll work. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yep. Yeah, it is strange. Um, I had to watch this I had to watch this scene twice. Like I had to go back. Yeah. I mean, when I for doing this, I I've, I've watched it already because I'm sort of doing a rewatch of the show anyway. So like I had to watch this two more times just to go, what the hell is going on here? And I, so, yeah, it was a little odd. Yeah.
0: I'm just shocked. He would actually rent a room for the night as a ruse to get rid of these supposed cops. Like for somebody who's like desperate to take $200 to take this job. Uh, and that's, actually, an yes, that's an expense. Yes, I get that, but still he'll get, you he'll know. get
2: reimbursed for it. It's an expense. That, that's, that's the only, whenever I see him do something where he spends all kinds of money and he does that a lot, you he always yeah. orders drinks in bars. He always has something to eat at restaurants you uh, I mean, he he get a through,
0: receipt though, Dave. I didn't uh, see a receipt. I, I, I'm just saying.
2: Yeah, that's that's a question. Yeah, and he couldn't have got it emailed to him. It was
3: 1975. <laughs> so uh,
2: yeah, but I, that's always it's like oh, I guess it's a you know, uh, and have, now and then he does do that. Like he makes a point of ordering something really good in the restaurant if if the client's being a dick because it's like well you're paying for this steak, so I'm going to eat it. So I do want to say
0: that, that there's but, there's the wicked nostalgia moment of when he's going into the motel and you've got a wall mount cigarette machine
3: hanging rest. right.
0: Hanging right by the door and I'm thinking, oh my God, that's so yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I,
2: I don't smoke anymore and I would still love
0: that <laughs> in my house. I remember <laughs> that from hockey arenas of yore. Yep.
2: yep. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening from outside of Canada, we grew up going to hockey arenas as kids. And also everybody smoked in hockey arenas because everybody smoked yep. everywhere because it was
1: 1975. Yep. They smoked while they were playing.
2: <laughs> well, some did. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> number ten for Montreal did, and he scored yeah. fifty yeah. goals a year, six years in a row. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
1: um, uh, and so uh, I, and ultimately, the yep. reason why he does this is because now he starts to trail them in their nineteen seventy three Buick uh, Electra. Yeah, which is why I say if they are cops, they're not very good cops. Yeah. Um, because he turns the table really quickly and quite easily. Yep. Um, and so he goes into, as you say, he goes into a nearby house and it's the fake Sandstrom. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out her name is Christina Duceau and she's actually a PI. Uh, and obviously what, what, what it was that he finds out that she's hired him to take the cops away from her. Cause the cops have been following her. So we are uh, following her and she hires him. So the cops will think that he's involved and follow him. Which I guess works because it did work in the show. But, you know, I would think that you get another pair of cops to come in and follow him. Um, you know, because I don't know police procedure. No. But, you know, I don't, I don't think you would just say, okay, we're not following her anymore. We're going to follow him and let her do whatever she wants. Because, yeah. you know, um, that gives her the ability to do whatever she wants
2: yep i uh um yeah i get what she's doing so that's fine yep
1: yeah 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 Yeah. um and then she she finds uh uh, um missing bits of love letters in the garbage
2: yeah the whole Uh, i mean it's it's obvious that she did this yeah it's it's yeah i like when she's like do do you want to stay for lunch and she says my stew's burning aren't you going to come and he's like you never put it. you never turn the stove on <laughs> I'm a detective. I noticed things like yeah. that, which I thought was really good. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, pre- you, you know, that Jim, see the thing is what I like about this is that didn't seem sexist to me because Jim would have, would have done the same thing. Yeah. Um, like that wasn't about old little girl doesn't know what she's doing. That's just him outsmarting a, a colleague. And I, I like that yeah. a lot.
1: Yeah. Um. And he find he finds her gun. Yep. Obviously. Cause she's a PI and PIs have guns. Um, and so now we kind of know what's going on. Um, and it turns out she was looking for some jewelry, some missing jewelry and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, and so the, the murder, the, 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 the death of Alice Sundstrom wasn't really what she was concerned about. It was just a way of him for him to kind of do something um and pull off the cops but yeah. he's come to the conclusion that it wasn't a suicide so yeah. he's he's he she wanted him just to go and do do that thing uh investigate it but he actually comes to the conclusion that um Jennifer Sundstrom was actually murdered mm-hmm. and, and didn't commit suicide.
2: Yeah. The classic thing that happens on so many, you know, detective shows to begin just generally, which is the thing I'm not investigating is actually going to be the, the interesting thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it all this scene also explains the title, the mm-hmm. real easy red dog, because red dog apparently is a football uh play in which the defensive line Pushes a hole. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it means to push the offensive line to the side, both yeah. both ways. So sort of sort of like an opening of the. May, maybe it comes from the parting of the Red Sea, right? The Red Dog. I don't know. Yeah. Um, kind of part, parts the offensive line like the Red Sea, and the linebacker goes through the hole yeah. and sacks the quarterback who doesn't who isn't aware that the linebacker is there. Um, so the the quarterback is unsuspecting, and of course it's it's a Red Dog because that's what she's done to him.
2: And Stephen J. Cannell loves the expression "red dog." It's used in yes. uh, Black Jew Squadron. It's used here, and it's used in Buck Rogers in the Twenty Fifth Century. And it's yep. always something just a little bit different. Yeah. But he lo- I guess he heard it watching a game once and liked yep, it.
3: Probably. So, but it, but
2: it's something that he's used that term. I can, like I said, I can think of three times just the top of my head.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he he tends to do that because I've, I've I've even I've even seen uh, like a later episode of Columbo, like one of the reboots that he wrote, um, yeah. was just a rewriting of an old McMillan Mac, and Wife script about <laughs> it about a uh, about a dentist. Oh, um, wow! I won't, yeah, so okay. uh, who who kill who who kills his wife? Oh, um,
2: as dentists often do. Yeah, I'm of sorry, I didn't mean that to all the dentists out there.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Just to the killer um,
1: dentists. So, what understandably what Jim wants wants her to do um yeah. is to go tell deal that um she's done this to him so that he doesn't he's not getting in tr- yeah. in trouble with deal mm-hmm. and it turns out that deal hates her too
2: because he hates private
1: detectives yeah I yeah, you know um and she says deal is such a cluck
2: yeah right, and they, that, I, I guess that means something else because Cluck yeah. doesn't mean anything
1: um just like when they it say does, it does rhyme with something though. With something else, yes. yeah.
2: It's it's like when they say that doesn't, you know, uh, they, whenever they use the word spit in this show, they they mean shit, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things I liked about this this is when yeah they're driving along, eh? and when he exp- when she was explaining to him the whole what's actually going on you can actually, if you watch the, um, the scene, you can see in, in her window, uh, they drive by the crew. You can see two yeah. of Rockford's backup cars. That's so actually the same. It's, it's two more, uh, firebirds. Yeah. And you can see the crew standing outside of two great big tractor trailers, just standing there, like smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. Cause they're, they're waiting for the next shot, which is just yeah. again, small TVs. People didn't pause things. So who cares?
0: Well, it, like this, the scene at the gas station, which don't get me wrong, is a nice little throw-in. Like you yeah. don't have to, you don't have to take the time to set up a shot at a gas station, yeah. um, but in this case, they do. He actually like, or, you know, guy comes along, full serve gas station, as as they were, yeah, and uh, gets three dollars worth of gas. But the one thing I noticed earlier in the scene, again, my continuity hawkishness. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things as she tries to escape at a red light, he shows her that he's unscrewed. Uh, the uh the, the pull pull Button. stop yeah. on the uh, the inside of the car door. Uh, it used to be not all of them, but there were many of them that you could unscrew and just take it right off. Yeah. And so he's done that and he shows it to her. But as soon as they pull up to the gas station and stop, it's back on. Oh, again. It's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> we haven't worried about so much that continuity bit, but
2: <laughs> there was yeah. one ants that we watched early on that had so- that had needed extra padding for syndication. Uh, because they made it into a two-parter and um, they just threw in a bunch of driving scenes from three seasons later. Oh. Yeah. So sometimes you see a 1978 Trans Am Firebird, which is an entirely different, like it looks way different and it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, that's...
0: I thought he might have fought Bigfoot in the space probe in that episode, but no,
2: I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Stephanie Powers was in those, just saying.
1: That's true, she was in that episode. That's
2: that's mm-hmm. That's where I first learned of my love for stephanie powers
1: yeah yeah, she <laughs> plays an alien spoilers yeah. um if you haven't but you know
2: it's a 50 year old tv show that isn't that good yeah, exactly. leave
0: it alone <laughs> exactly uh isn't that the episodes yeah. when lee majors had a styrofoam
1: dildo no i'm just yeah yeah, yeah, yeah oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. okay. I'm gonna see if um, i can
2: put that in the show notes too.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah I, I once i re, recently we re-watched six million dollar man with, with my stepson um and i you know I and mean, we said uh i said you know let's he said let's watch some another show i said do you want to watch six million dollar man again he went uh no <laughs> <It's> like, okay <laughs> not well, a fan of the six million dollar man he's, he's uh, a okay.
2: wise young man obviously yeah, so
1: he went uh yeah and that's and that's what he, he just went uh, no <laughs> <It's> like okay <laughs> well, good on him um so now we're at deal's office yep um and Deal has, sees them both together. Obviously, I like that. Uh, he says, that, "I've been dreading the day when the two of you got together." I love um, it. So
2: yeah, and he's again, he's just he's just this far from completely snapping. Like he's just yeah. he's just about to like slap him like Patton hitting a hitting a coward. Like it, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's really something. I, I I love him in this, and again, it's not that he's the greatest actor in the world, but Tom Atkins plays this well. Oh, by the way, did yeah. you notice that at one point she, he mentions Deal and she says, you mean Lieutenant Thomas Deal? Except that his yeah. name is Alex Deal. The actor's yeah. name is Tom. Yeah. I think that was probably an ad lib and they just left it in I and didn't so. realize. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. 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 There, there's a, an episode of Emergency um, in which um, uh, Roy DeSoto um, is is talking to Chet Kelly Okay. But he calls him Tim Donnelly. He says, "Can you pass me that, Tim?" Uh because Tim Donnelly yeah. is the actor's name and they and of course they just they left that in too. Either yeah. uh, they didn't notice it or just didn't care.
2: And in Black Sheep Squadron, Larry Minetti get instead of being called uh who's he play again, Larry Minetti? I can't remember. Anyway, he they, they call him Bobby Boyle, right? But there's yeah. one episode where Casey goes calls him Larry. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, well, fine. We all know yeah, his name's fine. really
1: Larry and he's just pretending to fly a plane." and you 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 couldn't go back and re-listen yeah, to so no anyway one, so go, nobody would huh? no, well, whatever right. yeah it's like i thought a month ago he was his name was larry it's bobby now it's like yeah. no, they, they don't they don't remember no 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 because uh, it was a month ago and yeah. that's a long time ago yeah um so now the two of them me, me, meaning uh, uh jennifer hart and 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 are outside the sandstrom place Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a moment I, I and I guess uh, I kind of like this moment because I think we all have those kinds of moments where we don't realize something was different or something was wrong mm-hmm. and then it kind of clicks yep. because although I think Jim suspects something has gone, gone with weird with Alice Sundstrom, he, it, it, it's just kind of this kind of general thought yeah. and then it suddenly clicks. Right, yep. and this is why I refer to him as Chekhov's pool guy because you have yeah. a pool guy at the beginning yep. and now Jim realizes that he didn't see a pool truck
2: yep I like what Plus, he says that grabbing a pool skimmer is an instant disguise it's it's true yeah. actually that's yep. good
1: yeah yep. yep. um so um uh, you know again again confidence as long as you look like the thing mm-hmm. right yeah. people people assume you are the thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, and so then and then we kind of realize, as Jim does, um, that he wasn't a pool guy because he he, pa- he calls the pool company uh, and they haven't had somebody in for like a week or something like that. So so there's there's no he, he has confirmation that he's the pool not the pool guy.
0: It's a nice um, little sequence of scenes because they have to establish at this point that Stephanie Powers and and can your character can work together with him. Right. Um, be- because, you know, over this, over, I mean, it's, it's the arc of their relationship happening over this episode as well. And they they have the animosity at the beginning and then they kind of heal that a little bit. And like, in this scene is where, you know, that's where the, I heard the, uh, you know, when she makes the observation and he goes, he's like, oh, you know, you a busman's holiday. And that's where, that's where I kind of went and pulled that up. Cause I, I kind of assumed that I knew exactly what she was talking about, but I looked up some etymology.
2: Basically done.
0: Nice. So uh, a busman's holiday, by the way, first recorded in 1893 from the UK, the idea that a busman to go off on a holiday would take an excursion by bus. So basically the comment is like, you know, while I'm dragging you along with me on a real detective case, you actually look like you're trying to do some detective work. How clever of you. (laughs) It's, It's a bit of an insult, but it's quite clever in the way that it's done.
2: Yeah. And like I said, one of the things that I really like about the way they're interacting is he's not... I don't get misogyny at all from him. What I'm getting is this person's annoying and they're young, but he doesn't, yeah. I don't, there's none of this little girl pat on the head thing. And that's something I really like about James Garner generally, actually.
0: Yeah, I th- I think there's um, there's definitely, uh, you know, a, a bit of, I don't know, there's a bit of patronizing there, but I think it would have happened, yes, right? exactly. happened with a young guy too. Yeah. But it would have been exactly, it would have
2: happened with Richie Brockelman too. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, so uh, now, now Jim, they're being followed, um, yep. by a guy, um, who looks suspiciously like the pool guy. Um, <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah. As you point out, it's a 1967 Porsche 912.
2: I looked that up on the internet car movie database. Ah. yeah. It's a thing.
1: Um, <laughs> and as you say, you say that that thing could smoke that fire. Oh, I'm um, sure
2: it could. Yeah.
1: Which it does because he just kind of breezes by them. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, and um, so the guy shoots out the tires. Okay, this to me is the
0: most unbelievable
1: scene in the entire
0: episode. Oh, Mm -hmm. you're not wrong. (laughs) Okay, I get that he has a scope. I get that he has a high-powered rifle, but he is taking a shot at the front of the front driver's side tire because the car has to be approaching him because by the time the car stops and skids out, it's almost right in front of him. Yeah. So, so he's actually <laughs> taking like at least a hundred yards up the road, and he shoots out the tire with one shot. Yes. Even using a scope over a bluff, this mm-hmm. guy killed Kennedy. Yeah, that's this
2: this this is this guy should be working for Delta Force. I guess yes. this is this is Navy SEAL. This is this is this is SEAL team's got Barnaby level.
0: Jones luck, is what he's got here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's it is an impressive bit of shooting. It's nothing, Anthony, like the first the like the pilot where Jim takes down a small aircraft with a pistol. Uh <laughs> that's impressive. That's some shooting.
1: Yeah, but see, because Barnaby Jones would do it shooting from the hip, like literally yes. with his uh, gun on the hip well, it's because he can't pistol. raise his
2: arm any higher a...
1: yeah with, with, with a pistol well
2: yes. barnaby
0: jones would be doing that kind of uh movement that you do when you're trying to look like you're running across the street but you're really not yeah and 600 bullets missing him and yeah. then turning around and shooting from the hip one shot and taking out three guys with it like that yeah. 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 yeah awesome
1: um and and so you know i always find that the high goons always give themselves away because they try and kill people yeah, that right? is like, kind of a, that
0: is a giveaway.
4: It's
1: like a, it's a dead giveaway for a hired goon. It's true. What I mean, what I mean by that is, is in a lot of these episodes, if they hadn't done anything, Jim yeah. would have never discovered anything. No, that's right. right. Like, like it's he, he suspects the pool guy, but it's not until somebody tries to shoot shoot him yeah. and kill him that he realizes he's right. This
2: isn't a pool skimmer. It's a fifty caliber machine gun. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. um. <laughs> Um, and so, um, now we, we cut to deal, um, yeah. with a dead body in the trunk of a car. Yep. yep. And it's Bryce. It's He's Bryce. Dead. Rest in peace. George Weiner's character. Mm-hmm. Um, of course and... deal
2: immediately thinks Rockford killed a guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love yeah. deal. He's deals. The kind of guy, if a kid came to his house on Halloween, as this was a Halloween episode, he would probably look at him and go, what oh, do you know? Rockford. Are you involved with Rockford? And then he'd hit the kid. Yeah. And that'd be like a three year old. Are you dressed a kid dressed up as a cowboy? you would say, Are "You dressed up as Maverick because Maverick is Rockford, and I hate Rockford."
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But but of course, uh, Tom Atkins was in Halloween Three, so maybe he's got sort of it all prior history.
2: Again, it all makes sense.
1: It's a rich type it all comes of together. Yeah, you know, and, and of course, it's all in the mind of an autistic kid.
2: Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Who's listening like in on, right now on a yeah, exactly. echo speaker? Anyway
1: exactly he's looking at a snow globe is detective (laughs) munch in this episode probably somewhere (laughs) yeah
2: he's he was actually uh i thought i had something i got nothing (laughs) move on
1: that's okay all right so let's just move on to jim changing the tire yeah (laughs) um uh and so they decide now that they're changing the tire like again it's kind of weird because clearly yeah they haven't been killed and so the guy (laughs) just leaves Like, okay, my first shot. I've made my point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Great shot. Yeah. But you're still alive. So I'll just leave. It's like, why didn't you just shoot them? Which is probably
0: the most realistic car, like car result of getting a tire shot out, as opposed to what would happen today, where someone would shoot the tire out, the car would flip 13 times and then blow up. Yeah. yeah, And people would be miraculously thrown from the vehicle at the same time. So they yeah. didn't actually. Get Whereas injured. in the
2: seventies, if we've learned anything in this podcast is if you look at a car the wrong way, it explodes. Yeah. It um, explode. Now they, we can make all the Ford Pinto jokes we want, but it doesn't matter the make or model of the car. They just explode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, cause you know, like I said, now, now they know there's something going on because yeah. people are now trying to kill them. Yeah. Um, So they're going for the safety deposit box mm-hmm. the next day. That's, that's, that's what they, they decide. So, um, they decide to go over, uh, to her house, Christina's house. Um, and I kind of like this scene. Yeah. Um, I do too. Yep. you know, because the cops come to the door because there is now, um, a warrant for Jim's arrest. And of course he was last seen with her. So it makes sense that they, they would send cops yeah. to her place to see if he's there. Um, and she kind of bluffs them cause he is there. Um, and I think this is kind of there are two reasons why I like the the scene. Um, first is because it's the whole warrant thing again. Because as I, as I said before, one of the things that always annoys me in the in these detective shows is the cops will come to the door, yeah, and the per the person at the door will say, "Well, do you have a search warrant?" And they'll go, "No, but we can get one." And then the person goes, oh, all right, come on in then," as opposed to saying, "Go get a warrant." Yeah, right. Where <laughs> here, it's, they're they're saying. We don't have a warrant. She invites them in. They say, no, 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 we, we don't have a warrant. And she's going, no, no, come on in. He's, go, he's going, no, 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 we, we don't have a warrant. So we're, we're not coming in, which which is the bluff, right? Yeah, so she, yeah. she kind of uses, it, it, it flips it on his head. Yeah. She bluffs them. Her, her willingness to let them in, even though they don't have a warrant, um, allows them to kind of uh make makes makes them kind of believe her that she, that he's not there because she wouldn't do that so it's kind of the, the opposite of that where they're saying no 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 we don't have a warrant we're not coming in she's going yeah come on in um as opposed to when the cops are saying let's let us in we don't have a warrant but you can let us in anyway um and people you know let letting them in yeah. also yeah. also I think and this is the second reason that I like this is it kind of shows her character a little bit more forcefulness yes and in a way kind of shows Jim in a slightly negative light because he's leaving, he's getting ready to leave. He's picking up his coat because he doesn't think that she can uh, hold off the cops.
2: You took it that way. Cause I took it as he didn't trust her. I didn't, oh, possibly, I, I took it as he didn't hundred percent trust her. And he was like, I, I probably should get out of here. I'm 80% sure she's okay, but 20% of me could end up in jail. So I can. yeah, that, that was yeah. my take, but I, I, I see yours as well. Yeah.
1: You know, um, but at any rate, um, he 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 stays, and he says that that was well done. Yeah,
0: you know, further further cementing that that quick quick arc of a relationship that they're putting yeah, together.
2: <laughs> exactly, uh, I, I like it a lot. Uh, that that they did that, you could almost see this being like. A backdoor pilot for a stephanie powers detective show or something right
0: completely like I, I don't know i i don't know enough to know if she appeared on future episodes i don't um, think so don't yeah think so. but but if she didn't i think that
1: was that's a bit of a waste
2: it, it really honest. is yeah. no i i agree with you well
0: um,
1: i think i think it could have been that she was doing heart to heart by that point and probably maybe, maybe just, just didn't have the time
0: quite possibly sep- yeah not in 75 i don't think
1: no, no really. but what i mean is for later episodes you know, oh yeah for later for yeah. Yeah, for later for later episodes. Yeah, okay. Um but yeah, I think I think that there's you know and we we often see this with with, with some characters like characters in this the show that characters that seem might be that might become recurring characters. Yeah. Um even though even though they never, they never do. Um but you're right. I think I think she would have been a, a a nice little foil um for for Jim. Um
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she was only uh, ever in one episode, in this one, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that's It's a shame because they, they worked well together, they and did. it's yeah. a scenario whereby you could have easily had her come back and like save Rockford's ass one time or something like that. When he, yeah. you know,
2: and it does happen that people do get recurring bits in the show, like I mean, yeah. I don't just mean like Gretchen Corbett as as Beth or something, or, or Stuart Margolin as Angel, I mean, Lindsay Wagner's character came back once. Yeah. Uh, you'll see when we get to the end of season four, of the house on Willis Avenue, geez, half the damn cast that have ever been on the show are involved in that yeah. scam. Yeah. Um, you know, so it does, or sorry, that's how to send a boy. Don't ever send a boy King, but whatever. Uh, yeah. So it's too bad because yeah, she was really good with him in this. I, I really liked it. And uh, also I, I, would always, I just, again, I, definitely yeah. powers is really attractive. So just yeah. having her on screen and she's good. She's good in the role. I mean, I think she often got, because she was sort of known as being really nice looking, I think she got a lot of people didn't really take her seriously and, but she was good in this. So yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and so we all, we also they also kind of discovered that the killer, one of the keys from Bryce, yep. right. The the keys to the, to the safety deposit box. Um, so as I said, the attempt to kill him and Bryce's death kind of just reveals everything. For him. He, he everything kind of fits into place he, obviously he doesn't know everything yet because they're not quite sure what's in the, the the safety deposit box but they know now that that's important and so that they should go into it yep uh, go and, and get it um so um of course they can't stay there because the police may be watching the hired goons may be watching yeah. um so he says we'll check into a motel and wait until noon Um, and uh, are you trying to corrupt me? Yeah, maybe I am. So,
2: (laughs) um, yeah, as I note here, Stephanie powers can corrupt me anytime she'd
3: like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I guess they're trying to sort of make a kind of, you know, sexual attraction between the two of them. And and
2: I think part of this too, and I think we have to realize this is it's 1975, you know, casual sex was a lot more of a common thing because it didn't kill you yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it was a very common thing in the mid seventies, th- especially when you think I start to think about disco culture and all that stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. it wouldn't be out of character for two people who have met two days ago to go screw, because that's just the yeah. thing people yeah. did a lot more than they do yeah. now, because when you do it now, maybe you die. Yeah.
0: Here's you know? the thing though. I don't, uh, it's funny because there's a note coming up at the very, very, the very, very end of the episode, yeah. um, which kind of ties back to this. I don't think it was necessary no like i mean I, I don't think like they they barely touched on this kind of pseudo romanticism that i don't know that they had to like even having that comment are you trying to corrupt me you could still have that without the implication no i agree with that i think you're right there was kind of that that bit of an implication and i think if they had played it up from the beginning then maybe i would have bought into it more but i think it 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 just kind of would have played better as you know they're just colleagues kind of thing and i like agree with that. you no i agree yeah.
1: with you yep yeah. yep um so now we're at the bank yep the following day um for the for the uh um safety deposit boxes now they they've they've um timed it perfectly so that the the normal person who does the safety deposit boxes goes to lunch lunch um and then Stephanie Powers does her girl from uncle thing yeah because um, she was in that uh um, nice, yes. so she, she goes undercover right you know and the guy from the bank overhears it and I guess he's in the employ of the bad guy? Yeah. Um because who
2: else why would you just randomly call Bruce Kirby?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. he must be yeah. um you know, uh, he so he calls someone and it turns out as you said to be Bruce Kirby. Mm. Um and the pool guys with him. Yep. Uh, I don't think I don't think we ever learn his name. I think so.
2: Plays a character named Who's yeah, the pool guy? Uh,
1: yeah, the pool guy. Well, didn't they
0: call him? Did they call him Pete Finch later on? Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah right. he's, he's, he's French. Yeah. Yep,
1: you're right. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, to me, he looked. You know who he looked like to me when I first saw him. He reminded me of the guy who played the the French cat burglar in Ocean's Twelve. Right. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like he kind of had that. Just kind of like it was just just the, this common look. That kind of short, kind of kink kinked, curly kind of hair and brown hair. And he kind of just reminded me of like you know this kind of Euro bad guy. Even though when he finally spoke, he wasn't Euro at all. But yeah,
1: right, yeah. <laughs> a Euro bad uh, guy. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, the guy who played who played the French uh, cat burglar probably wasn't Euro either. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe not.
3: Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but Bruce Kirby is upset. Because uh, he says you didn't need to kill her, meaning Alice. Because now we now we know Alice Sundstrom has been murdered, um, and you didn't need to kill Bryce because Bryce apparently was killed over an arg- an argument over the safety deposit box. Um,
2: There's something so important killed- in the safety yeah. deposit box. Yeah. 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 Uh, does, yeah. do you do you guys have a safety deposit box at a bank? No.
0: No.
3: Yeah,
2: I can get one. I just don't know what I'd put in it. Like it comes with the account I have. It's like yeah, right. I don't know what am I gonna put there? My passport? But yeah. I need my passport.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: No. So I could get one, I just don't use it. And like, I, I, mean, I don't I know anybody that's had one either.
0: You, <laughs> you could know. say, Oh, I'm gonna put my important documents in there. Yeah. Well, how many important documents do you have? I mean, I think, yeah. you got the mortgage on your house, I guess. And, you know. Uh, yeah, but. That's... But even that, I mean, someone could print that out. <laughs> can, can you print yeah. me out another copy? Yeah, okay. yeah,
2: I think it wouldn't be an issue, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing. So, yeah.
1: May- maybe it was at the time because think, it wasn't yes. as easy just to print yeah. things off again. No, I right? think you like right. For us, everything's digitized. So we can just print, print stuff off. Yeah. Um, whereas at that time, maybe not.
2: I lost yeah. my kids, uh, one of my kids, uh, 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 um, birth certificates. Uh, this was, you know, 15 years ago. And I just, I, I emailed somebody in Newfoundland and they said, what, what hospital was he born in? And I typed in that and they went, yeah. okay, you'll have a new one in about in, in, in three days. Uh, yeah. you know, it was nothing.
1: Right. Whereas again,
2: a different time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so what we find out mm-hmm. is that Alice Sundstrom had a kid.
0: Yeah,
2: this gets really dark, man.
1: I know.
0: It, it gets dark and convoluted and it doesn't need, like you could have thought of a much more. Yeah, I agree It could you. have just all been about the jewelry. Yeah, It so, could have been, you know, yeah. yeah. Like they had been. to add this extra layer to it. It's like. Of like
2: human trafficking, like just throwing yeah, exactly. in human trafficking is a weird choice. Yeah. A lot of times, you know. Garner and, and
0: it's hard to say. In, in that time, it really wasn't. No, no, it was. no. Yeah. But what I'm
2: saying is that Garner, was really into sort of progressive social justice causes. And I'm thinking maybe this was something he wanted to show about this. Cause this is a thing. It does happen that there's illegal adoptions. That's a thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, especially in a, in a large port city on the ocean kind it, of thing. Exactly. You
2: know? No, exactly. With yeah. full of people who are undocumented. I mean, it all yeah. falls together. Right. But, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a strange choice. I, I like it. I like it because I liked that it got really weird and dark, but I don't think it was necessary.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah and i i guess in part it's also designed to draw in the sister as well because this is why she's not uh putting in a claim because as as he as he points out you know she she told him earlier that daddy gave us a lot of money left us a lot of money so if there's a kid there's an heir with alice sundstrom dead or yeah. even at, in yeah. in a mental institution the sister uh gets all the money so with yeah. an heir now she has to split that money um right. yep. but again it, it's weird because like that character doesn't come back up again
0: exactly i was right? i was going to say that later on at the end because yeah. Yeah, i guess it's a minor spoiler to say that she's not come back again but i mean ultimately <laughs> like i mean she you would think that she would have held a more prominent role that she would have at least yeah. been tied up. Like, you know, I, I could have you know easily seen her sitting on the other side of Bruce Kirby's office at the time, having some kind of conversation with them. Like yeah. they're in cahoots yeah. and uh, not so much. Like she's just gone. And like, yeah. so you wonder what happened. Like, yeah. So, yeah, it's,
2: yeah. it's, it's interesting. It's a strange choice. This happens on this show sometimes where I like the all being revealed at the end. I got no problem with that. It's just that, sometimes they just throw in something really weird like and it turns out yeah that also they were i was watching one the other night that and it turns out that this woman is also running a far-right militia group it's like what
1: (laughs) excuse
2: me yeah so that does happen
1: um and it's also weird because you know um and even though he was in steve's spotlight because Steve mm-hmm. does those kinds of things. Uh, it's really the only the only part that that Bruce Kirby's in. Yeah, yeah. Like like we 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 don't even see his character in it. Well, like we see Pete Finch, the guy the the, the murderer, but we don't really even really see Bruce Kirby, you know, who is like one of the guest stars. Well, and is, he, he, he and the, the
0: mastermind scene? of this whole operation. He's the mastermind, yeah. and he doesn't come across as the heavy even in this scene because yeah. Pete Finch is the one who's leaning on him. Yeah. You know, when you get your hands dirty in this kind of thing, you got to be willing to go all the way. It's like, okay. Yeah. Who's paying who here, Pete?
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's great. I love that the kid's born on October 29th, 1975. So when the show was aired, he was two days old when we see the birth certificate. So he's one of us. He's
1: a Gen Xer. (laughs) One of us. Yeah. He listens. Um, He
2: listens to when he gets angry, he just goes, whatever, and puts on a Pixies album. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Um, and so obviously she get she gave the baby up to someone, so um they're revealing this kind of baby factory or baby yeah. buying business, whatever however you want to call it. Yeah. Um, you know. And now we get the car chase. Finally. Right? They're followed by Pete Finch
3: mm-hmm.
1: or or Porsche Pool guy, as you as you call him in in the document. <laughs> yep. Um and um so now what what happens um is the pool guy shoots at them, we get a car chase um Jim speeds by the 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 police so that the police are now following them yep um and and I don't know if it was me, but um and Dave, Dave did you recognize the place where they were pulled over? because there's an earlier episode where yeah. What is Rocky are are pulled over? Like Jim does basically the same thing. And Jim and Rocky are pulled over. Uh, It's it's in the profit and loss part two. Part one
2: or two. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, it might be part one, one of those ones, but but it looked like the same house in the background.
2: I think you're probably right. Um, he uses this, uh, boy, this, I know where the cops are. So I'll lead, ai will I'll I'll lead a car chase there. I watched one last night, the aforementioned one with the woman running a right wing militia. Um, It's actually a pretty good episode, but it's a little weird. Uh, but he uses that again there, and that's yeah. I think in season five he does. This is something he does all the time, um, which which actually makes a great deal of sense. You know, doesn't she say at one point, "Don't go by my place; the cops will be there"? And he's like, "I'm counting yeah. on that."
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just going back to the enigma that is Pete Finch. Um, <laughs> so Pete Finch can shoot out a tire from a hundred yards away as it's driving towards him with one shot with a rifle and a scope. But he is literally five to six feet away sideways, driving parallel to Rockford and Stephanie Powers in their car with a his gun hanging straight out of the window, pointing at their window and shoots air, misses yeah. absolutely everything. Well, he doesn't have so the scope. This international marksman just all of a sudden it's like, well, I guess I guess the sights off on that one. I don't know. Yeah,
2: yeah. he didn't sight the gun to start and, you know. <laughs> yeah. If I've learned anything from all the war shows I've watched, maybe he didn't clean it. I don't know.
0: Like, I mean, with this guy's skill, he should have been able to shoot out the tire of the car in front of them, which would cause it to spin out. And then he would have killed Rockford. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
2: On some kind of weird, weird deflection. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cause that's, you know, when, 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 when he says, Hey, you must be Pete Finch. Hey, Pete, Pete, you're a lousy shot. I mean, no, actually that's an a pretty understatement. Good shot. he made one mistake. It was yeah, yeah. an important one. But yeah, yeah, I mean, because if you can hit,
0: he's a fucking amazing shot with that. You know, maybe he was shooting Stephanie Power's gun from earlier in the episode. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) See, there you go. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, could be.
1: Uh, And and just as a a, a trivia point, uh, the kid would be 48 now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. One of us. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Uh, And as as I'll point out, Henry Blake's kid would have been 73. If we're assuming that Henry Blake's kid was born in 1950.
2: And then he was shot down over the sea of Japan. There yeah. were no survivors. There were no survivors.
1: So the kid never met his father. Yeah. So there's there's a down note. Wow. Sorry,
2: I didn't mean to do uh, that. I shouldn't have done that. I apologize, boys.
1: Uh, oh, wait a, so, a second. Yeah. You're saying Henry
0: Blake's kid was trafficked in this episode? I don't yes, understand. That's what happened. Yeah, exactly. It's okay.
2: this is all this is get... all be, this whole thing's being run by Klinger. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> people don't realize that
0: that oh, that, that Kirby that explains is, the Toledo Mudheads jersey that I saw see, in the background. It all
3: <laughs>
2: it's a rich tapestry. This guy I went to high school with. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, and so um now deal is there and uh, you know they're at Deal's office and they're sort of you know revealing everything to the cops yeah. because Deal is not that competent. No,
2: no, he's not. That's the other thing, right? Like he's not a competent police officer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and as you say, is also a dick.
2: He's just a dick. Like and yeah. he plays it well. Again, I'm not this is not a criticism of, of the acting because he's he's really good at it, but He's infuriating. Like Dennis is what's
0: the deal? What's the deal? What's the deal? deal?
2: Uh, Uh, What's the deal, Alex? Because like Lieutenant Chapman is a a goof, but he doesn't think Rockford is 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 worse than Hitler. Whereas if Deal had a choice, if they said, you know, you can go back in time and kill Hitler as a baby, or you can just yell at Jim Rockford, what do you like? Deal would take time to think about that.
1: Or put a warrant out for Jim's arrest. (laughs) And then go kill Hitler for a murder charge. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like really yeah. for that's, killing, that's big, for killing big, Hitler for killing Hitler it all yeah, comes that's, that that, that that's, that's a big leap um yeah. so as they're leaving meaning yeah. um Jennifer Hart and Jim Rockford <laughs> yes. um the rental because they have a rental car um the rental gets a ticket um and she tries to explain that the cops towed it there so therefore, she shouldn't get the tickets, but the cops should get the tickets.
2: Yeah, that's classic Jim Rockford. What she's doing there too, which I really liked. It was like yeah. that's exactly yeah. something he'd do. Yeah, it was good. Yeah.
0: But I also, and, uh, I also think it's a nice bookend because going back to the going back to the beginning of the episode when we when we heard the story of the uh, the jacket, pointing out that element of schlubbishness, I don't know yeah. if that's a word or not. Uh, that, hap- that happens with Rockford you're now showing the exact mirror of that with Stephanie yeah. powers character. Yes. I yeah. agree. In, in other words, they're both private detectives and that's the life that you're going to get shit on at the beginning. You're going to get shit on at the end. Right? Yeah, yeah,
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so she, and she also expresses the fact that she, she really hates cops.
2: I tried She's... Jim. I really tried, but damn it. I hate cops, oh, which man. is something. And that, you don't hear a lot in 1970s television shows. I'm just no. saying. No. Uh, yeah. It's one true. of the things that I, that I like about the show generally is that it has a bit of a different attitude towards law enforcement. It doesn't think they're incompetent, but it does no. think they got problems and yeah. that wasn't something that was being said anywhere Yeah, except Serpico. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it yeah. wasn't being said in shows like this, but yeah, so that was, that was, that was there it is. There it is. They didn't have to yeah. have the baby selling, but
1: anyway. And that's it. No, they, they really didn't, but you know, I guess, I don't know. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Yeah. I do.
0: my, my one note that I, that I had upon watching the episode, I wanted to uh, bring up that I haven't done yet is that it
1: was directed by Ivan Dixon.
2: It was directed
1: yes. by Ivan Dixon. Yes. That's right. Yeah. The great yep. Ivan Dixon from Hogan's heroes Kinch. amongst other things.
2: And of course later, Ivan Dixon, because gets a lot more successes as, as a
1: uh, director, TV, director, a TV yeah. director. Yeah. He yeah. Had a ton of TV. That's a ton
2: of that. TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. He was really good in Hogan's heroes too. Uh, Really good. Actually. I've been rewatching that lately and it's, it's a lot better than you imagine. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Um, so I guess the only thing left to say is, uh, Dave, did I miss yeah. anything?
2: yeah i guess the only thing uh it was going to be the that that kinch directed this episode but anthony just mentioned it (laughs) so the other thing that is um at one point when they're looking at her uh, at at the actual sunstrom's uh house they 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 wonder why there's a room that was just been freshly painted if she killed herself and then that comes up later oh then they figure out oh because she was having a baby um which then tells you that the baby was taken from her it wasn't that you know what I mean? Like she yeah. didn't even know that. So there's, there's a, it's really freaking dark actually. Yeah.
1: Uh, Which is probably why they had to kill her. Yeah. Which is probably why P- P- Pete Finch killed her Finch. Um, is because she probably, she probably would have kicked up a stink.
2: I think you're right. And uh, yeah, that's probably, that's probably what it is. But yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, let's see. I don't think there's anything else. Uh, Yeah. The only thing I, I, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yep. That's good. I So it's just one.
1: Okay. Cool. 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 Um. So, Anth, is there anything you wanted to kind of? Say I guess. I about guess. The,
0: the I guess. So, uh, I feel that it, as knowing now that uh, that the Stephanie Powers character never reappeared, I think there's a real missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think the character worked really well for this episode. Now, admittedly, she just might not have wanted to come back, and that's fair enough. Um, yeah. and so, uh, I I think it was a a missed opportunity, especially. Because they actually took the time to kind of build a story arc between these two characters over the course mm-hmm. of this episode, and, yeah. and it worked pretty well. Uh, and then maybe just to put a wrap on the ongoing enigma that is Pete Finch. Um, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i just thinking, if you ever want to take somebody down on a '70s cop show from 200 yards, call Pete Finch. Call Pete Finch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you If you want to take out Tessio from the back seat of the car, don't call. Don't Pete call Finch.
2: Pete Finch. Yeah. No. He, he'll He'll hit the He'll 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 shoot the cannoli. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah 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 i think i, think turn Tessi- I gotta be turn
0: testio into a verb from now on if you want to testio someone from the I back like seat <laughs> i like it because it,
2: it you know it would be a real good shibboleth to see your, your pop culture awareness <laughs> so i like that
1: yeah uh cool so um i guess uh we should thank anth for showing up for thank you anthony being this here was- for sund up no. um
0: thanks for having but-
2: me oh it's a pleasure yeah it's great <sighs> anytime man
0: Happy to talk Um, about old TV shows at all times. Maybe
2: maybe we'll have you on, on Boinkin's bastards and you can talk about a show that you probably didn't even watch.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so is there anything you wanted to uh, sort of pimp there Anth? any show that you're doing that you want to mention? I mean,
0: uh, other than, uh, other than a show that I do with, uh, with uh, Dave here called, uh, well, a couple of shows I do with Dave called best episode ever, uh, which talks about all old TV shows starting at 1989 or before, and uh, the Marshall McLuhan Variety Hour. You can find all the stuff that I do at anthonymarco.com, including the two that I just mentioned linked there. And so uh, if uh, people are interested, feel free to listen.
2: Yeah, do. Uh, uh, he does some good things.
1: And Dave, how about you?
2: Uh, well, I'm not going to mention, well, I just, now I am. Best episode ever in NMVH. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and various other micro-blogging platforms at the Broadbeck. Uh, uh, and, you know, oh yeah, let's, you know what, you want to you want to listen, you want to hear two, two guys, the only two people that actually watched Baba Black Sheep. Yeah. Uh, listen to Bullington's Bastards podcast. Comes out monthly. Steve and I talk about a show that we watched when we were children. And even though we were children, we were watching it going, yeah. oh, those are the wrong plates. Yeah, that's yeah. not a Kate. That's a Val. Yeah, uh, the,
1: the two viewers of the show.
2: <laughs> yes. That's why it only lasted two seasons. Exactly. Uh, yep. And uh, what about you, Steve?
1: Um, The only thing, because I'm in the, in the midst of, um, Term in marking, as I've been complaining <laughs> about uh, for the last, a little while. Um, but we did manage to do an episode of the Masochist Movie Collective. Nice, um, Attack of the Puppet People. Wow! Uh, which um, spoiler is has? I won't say I won't won't say it because I'll make you watch listen to the episode if you want to know. But it had it is a, a historically history changed because of that movie.
2: That's true. I know that. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Yeah. Um, so otherwise, I guess it's just time to sign off and uh, say bye-bye and bye bonds.
2: Thanks, Steve. And thanks, Ed.
4: Ciao. The ...feel there because uh, there's quite a crush behind that goal. And I think we're going to have some trouble there unless the police connect very quickly. That's been a tight little spot there way before the start of the game, when the crowd came rushing in there. They've had their spots of bother there, and if we uh, go a little to the left, you can see that there's a whole cordon of policemen up in that top corner, and because they've made a gap there in order to keep the peace, it means that people have been pushed forward. And I think the game will have to be held up for a few minutes here, until that frightening congestion down there can be relieved. I think they're going to have to allow a lot of those people who are in that very congested area to come across the barrier onto the field and maybe go round to the other end where it's less congested. There were numerous loudspeaker appeals before the start to ask the 2 or 3 thousand who were in that corner to move to areas in the field or to shift along a little bit where it was less congested immediately behind the goal. That advice wasn't heeded. And there's confusion, and total confusion there at the moment. And uh, people are now invading the pitch. And I'm bound to say, if I were on that uh, side of the field, I would also want to get onto the pitch away from it as well. And Peter Reeves, the referee, is calling the players off the field. And that is the only sensible thing that he can do. It's absolutely pointless for the players to be standing there. And Peter Reeves has made exactly the right decision. I notice that Tommy Kavanagh is coming onto the field as well, getting Manchester United players away from that scene. And the players are being called off the field. The delay has already been some five minutes. And I would think it will be a good few minutes yet, before we can start again. Tommy Kavanagh calling one uh, player away, Sammy McElroy. And now it'll be down to the police and the first aid men and the West Ham club officials to try and sort out the disorder that we see in that corner of the ground. And I'm sure the only answer is to allow people to come across that barrier and onto the field for their own safety. The police really have a thankless job there. And they've got to have a fair bit of courage I think. And some fairly strong wills to go in there and deal with that situation even the west ham manager ron greenwood now down on the field he's been talking to police officials but slowly but surely it seems that the police forces are there are getting to grips with this situation and slowly but surely the congestion is easing behind that goal well peter reeves and one of his linesmen coming back onto the field the applause coming to them from the crowd i think they appreciate what a difficult time it's been for the referee
2: leave that part in where's my fucking nose pointer